Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. We have seen the effectiveness of our approach. More than 100,000 people from Cuba, Haiti, Nicaragua, and Venezuela have arrived lawfully through the pathway we have made available to them. And we reduced border encounters from these groups by 90% between December of last year and March of this year. Our president has led the largest expansion of lawful pathways ever. That's Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. He's the Secretary of Homeland Security. This is pathetic. As Title 42 goes away, Mayorkas wants you to know that our approach has been effective. If you want to know what it sounds like when someone hates you, that's Alejandro Mayorkas. The willingness to so willfully, wantonly, joyfully lie in your face. Doesn't matter if you're a Republican or a Democrat, conservative or liberal, that's a lie. The approach has not been effective. 100,000 people from the aforementioned nations coming through isn't about the problem at the border. That is not the way you say, well, look at our success story. Your failure is America's failure. It is American violence, or it's violence that you're bringing to America's shores. Why in the world would you be cheering such a thing? What exactly is wrong with you? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. It is not the top story. You know, it should be the top story. But I wonder for Americans if the border is the top story or the debt limit is the top story where Hakeem Jeffries wants you to know that the reason we haven't raised the debt limit is all the fault of those wascally Republicans. Under no circumstances should the United States default on our debt. America must always pay our bills. A default would be catastrophic for everyday Americans, for small businesses, for people all across the land. House Democrats have taken default off the table. Senate Democrats have taken default off the table. Senate Republicans, as just indicated by Leader McConnell, have taken default off the table. President Biden, from the very beginning, took default off the table. There's one group in Washington, D.C., extreme MAGA Republicans, who have indicated that they are willing to take us down the path of default. Except that that's not what happens. And Representative Akeem Jeffries, who is paid every time he says extreme MAGA Republicans, it's like a royalty, got it wrong. In front of the White House, Akeem Jeffries just lied to you. Because what he does not mention is that Republicans already passed a bill 
to raise the debt limit. The debt limit is how much money we can borrow and how much we can spend, and we're we're coming up on that limit. Uh, Secretary of Treasury Janet Yellen says June 1st, we won't have the money, and according to uh, the 14th Amendment of the United States, uh, Amendment 14 and, and then uh, Section 4, it says that the uh, validity of the U.S. debt shall not be questioned. This is taken to mean that, my gosh, you will pay your debts on time. Well, the Republicans put forth legislation, passed the House. You could talk about delay, 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 and from now until the end of time, Republicans have the legislation. Why hasn't the Senate taken it up? Chuck Schumer hasn't taken up the legislation. The legislation says we keep the spending where it was in fiscal year 2022. That's where we keep the spending, where it was in fiscal year 2022. And the Democrats are saying, well, you mean tax cuts? We're going to be cutting services. We're not tax cuts. We're going to be cutting services. We're going to be cutting programs. You want to spend more money? We want to spend the money we were spending just last year. What's the big deal? Let's work together in a responsible, sensible way that we can lift the debt ceiling and find a way that we can curve this increasing debt that is affecting every American family with inflation. And now three banks of our four largest banks have closed are in the debt problem. Nothing has changed since then. The only thing that has changed is the House has raised the debt ceiling and passed the bill. That's why we had a meeting today. Everybody in this meeting reiterated the positions they were at. I didn't see any new movement. The president said the staff should get back together, but I was very clear with the president. We have now just two weeks to go. If Chuck Schumer could pass something, we'd go to conference right away and solve that. But I don't think Chuck Schumer can pass anything. They haven't dealt with it. He's right. Remember what we're discussing here. What Republicans said is, here's an increase of the debt limit, but we need to engage some cuts. What Democrats have said is you don't get to include cuts in a conversation about the debt limit. You don't get to hold the system hostage. No, 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 no. And they call it hostage. It's always about hostage. Everything is 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 hostage. Uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre is always clear uh, about this. It's it's about hostage taking. And you know this famous line now that she said just the other day. If you buy a car, you are expected to pay the monthly payments. If you buy a home, you are expected to pay the mortgage every month. That is the expectation. That is the spending that you put forth or spending that you may have done before. And now you're paying it every month. If you do not pay your car payment, if you do not pay your mortgage payment, then your credit is going to be bad. It's going to hurt your credit. So let's look at Congress for a second. This is spending that they've already done. They've already spent. Let's not forget the $2 trillion Trump tax cuts that they were willing and happy to vote for. So we're telling them or saying to them, do your job. Pay for something that you've already spent on. That's it. This is spending that has already occurred. They need to do the right thing that has been done 78 times since 1960. It's that simple. It is very, very simple. It is the right thing to do. It is their constitutional duty. It is not complicated at all. 
first, uh, maybe the fact that we've done this 78 times since 1960 is exactly the problem. Secondly, the idea that it's not complicated. You're making the argument that there's no mixing the budget process with the debt limit process. Funny, there's this guy who is from Delaware, used to be a senator from Delaware. He's got a very different view of this. This is the debt limit. And it was, I don't want to use pejorative terms, it was used as the means by which, unless certain compromises were made, we would default on our debt. There's room within the budget to fund those priorities. But it's going to be, uh, you know, what it ordinarily would be, a normal political battle. Is that right? Joe Biden, as Senator Joe Biden, thought the debt limit conversation was a normal political battle. Now he's got a press secretary telling you that you have to pay your debts. You get, you bought a car, you got to pay the car payment. You bought a house, you got to pay uh, the house payment. If you got a student loan, whoa, 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 let's not get, let's not get silly here. Yeah, sure, you know. If you pay, if you bought a car, you got to make that car payment. But, you know, just because you have a student loan, just because you have a student loan, that doesn't, that doesn't mean you actually have to pay it, does it? Nah. No, don't be, don't be silly. You'd have to pay your, <laughs> oh my God. Can you imagine someone saying such a thing? Like it's a. Like it's a trick question or something. If a train left New York at 300 miles per hour, an accelerated speed, 15 miles per hour, and traveled a distance of 683 miles, tell me, sir, what time would that train reach Chicago? Johnny Dangerously once again showing us the way. They don't have a good argument. What they have is world-class rhetoric. But as we shared in data from it was what, MSNBC, they're losing that argument. Republicans already passed the legislation. It's not like you're waiting for Republicans to do anything. They've already done it. They did it. You are the ones not doing anything. And you're the ones who look bad because of it. You're the ones who look like failures because of it. Now, I'm here to tell you, don't get worked up by the debt limit. Honestly, drink your bourbon, live your life, all's good. Is this going to get resolved? I don't know. Is there going to be some kind of stopgap measure? I don't know. But you cannot get worked up about something that's a political fight that you refuse to be a part of. The border... It's a much different subject. I've got that update next. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. I cannot believe what homes are selling for right now. And it's fascinating. The CPI just came out. I'll try and get to that in the next hour. Consumer price index and inflation numbers are out where inflation has, quote unquote, eased to 4.9%. We've got a funny way of looking at, at eased. But when the Fed kind of signaled that maybe they'd be done with interest rate increases for a while, there was a, a massive push in, in mortgages. Mortgages I- increased, which means people are, they're paying six and a half percent and saying, "Woo, got lucky. 
But what I'm noticing, and, and maybe it's just my area in, in central Indiana, I'm not seeing house prices go down. There's still a supply and demand conversation. The supply is not there. And I take a look at what my house is is worth. Tony Katz. Tony Katz, today, it's good to be with you. And I'm like, I'd clean up, and then I would have no place to go. I'd have to move in with producer AJ, and he's he's very messy. It's not great. It's not. It's... <laughs> I could have just hit that serious like a professional. Damn it. It's not that great. Photos needed. That's all I'm saying, AJ. You might want to you might want to post those right away. I mean, I separate my laundry, okay? I have that. Colors uh, and dirty lights and darks. And they're they're in dirty and super dirty. Yes. That's 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 where it is. I, I don't I, it, between the, the lack of supply and the interest rates, that's a desperation, right? But I, I have not been able to keep track of the numbers of where rents are and how much those have gone up. And if we think uh, we are in the, the, this inflation to lead to recession, does there come a moment where the, the market bottoms out and there's an opportunity for real estate buys? Because I haven't seen that yet either. I mean, where exactly are all of these new immigrants going to buy their houses? The southern border is about to be overrun. The problem is massive and getting worse all the time. The lifting of Title 42 is going to do tremendous damage to the country. Corinne Jean-Pierre wants you to know that President Biden, he's all over it. Uh, There are challenges at the border. This is something that the president has taken seriously from day one, putting forth a a comprehensive uh, piece of legislation to deal with immigration reform, something that has been a problem for the past several decades. The system has been broken for the past several decades. I won't disagree that the system's been broken and both parties have blame, but he's the president of the United States, and what he has put forth is beyond lousy. Beyond lousy. And it is dangerous, and it has been destructive of morale of the Border Patrol. It is not comprehensive in that it doesn't address the physical issues as well as the policy issues, as well as the financial issues that the border entails. But we're supposed to be relieved that he's working closely on this with Vice President Harris. Should the vice president be involved in today's meeting since she'll be here in the country while the president is away? So the president is, is uh, closely, has been closely consulting with the vice president on this. Uh, they have, have had several conversations on this issue. Uh, and so, again, when it comes to uh, issues that matter to the American people, they're very much partners. <laughs> Sorry, I just got lost in the insanity of all that. I mean, that's just a gross thing to say. We're fine because Biden is consulting with Vice President Harris, who has done nothing about the border. But let's go back to Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, who first, as I described earlier, wants to tell you that the border approach of this administration has been effective. We have seen the effectiveness of our approach. More than 100,000 people 
from Cuba, Haiti, Nicaragua, and Venezuela have arrived lawfully through the pathway we have made available to them. And we reduced border encounters from these groups by 90% between December of last year and March of this year. The numbers of people at the border is simply staggering. For Mayorkas to say, look at the good work we've put forth is nuts. And he wants you to know that even though Title 42 is being lifted, Title 42 is what allowed expulsion from the country because of a health order. It was the only thing really giving Border Patrol an edge. He wants you to know that just because we're lifting it doesn't mean the border's open. Let me be clear. The lifting of the Title 42 public health order does not mean our border is open. In fact, it is the contrary. If you say so. In fact, it is not the contrary. We are making it very clear that our border is not open, that crossing irregularly is against the law, and that those who are not eligible for relief will be quickly returned. Then why are there 150,000 people amassed on the border ready to cross and that number is growing? Why, Why is that? Are we not going to notice this? Why is it that Representative De La Cruz of the 15th District of Texas has to let you know exactly what's going down? We are concerned. I'm a mother of two children. I live in the district, and I'm concerned about the amount of fentanyl that's coming through. I'm concerned about the inhumane treatment by the Biden administration and its failed border policies on the immigrants that have been coming through. Between April 16th and April 30th, we had 30 thousand illegal immigrants cross through the RGV sector. 30,000, 20,000 of those assigned to Brownsville, Texas. My sources in the Mexico area tell me that between Matamoros and Reynosa, we have 50,000 illegal immigrants waiting to cross our border the moment Title 42 is lifted. Who's telling you the truth? Representative De La Cruz, Monica De La Cruz of the 15th District, or the Secretary of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas. I, I will give you uh, a hint. It rhymes with Monica De La Cruz. That's who's telling you what's what. I have not an expertise at the border, but I will admit my trip to the border has made me much more aware, and I spend a lot more time reading better sources as well. Anybody who tells you that this is okay is out of their head. Anybody who tells you the Border Patrol has this under control is lying. And this administration is lying. And what we are about to see is horrific. Mayorkas, however, is not in the responsibility game. He's in the blame game. I cannot overemphasize that our current situation is the outcome of Congress leaving a broken, outdated immigration system in place for over two decades, despite unanimous agreement that we desperately need legislative reform. Not going to disagree with that. But if you know that's the case, why aren't you acting in the best interest of the border with the skill sets that you have and the tools that you have? Why aren't you pushing more for better technology and better opportunities? Instead, you tell us that everything is fine and Biden's doing a great job. Your words 
connected with or compared to your words just there don't make much sense. But when you're so used to lying to the American people, I guess that's the way it goes. Meanwhile, Tucker Carlson says he's going to bring the truth to Twitter. That breakdown's coming up. I'm Tony Katz. Ask me what I think of Tucker Carlson's announcement that he's going to move things to Twitter, and I will tell you that it's a very smart move. But I would also be the first person to say, that sounds like a step one kind of move more than anything else. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, what is going on, my people? Find everything at TonyKatz.com. If you didn't hear uh, Tucker's announcement, I do want to share it with you because there's a, a larger conversation at play here, regardless of, of where he goes. Going to Twitter makes perfect sense because it's social media and there's no way that his contract with Fox would preclude him from utilizing social media. I don't think, I think that's where he feels that he's most safe to bring more conversation as opposed to ending up on a platform like, for example, a Newsmax, which is absolutely desperate to get him. And understandable, Tucker brings massive ratings. But as we discussed yesterday, if more and more advertisers are coming to Fox because Tucker isn't there, well, what's the win, what's the lose? It's an important conversation because are we saying we have to give up honest brokers in order to get real advertisers? Representative Ocasio-Cortez, being the pseudo-intellectual that she is, said, uh, you know, Tucker is going to go to Twitter and it'll be Twitter brought to you by, by my pillow and only my pillow because that'll be the only advertiser that's left. This is a failure to understand what it is that Tucker, not Tucker, Elon has been doing. Elon Musk. Have you not seen subscriptions? Well, uh, uh, here, I'm looking at this and I'm saying this is where someone like myself wants to be. I want to be in the world of subscriptions. Subscriptions is the ability for me to say I want to offer people content that they're willing to pay for. So I go to monetization and there's subscriptions. Uh, My application has been accepted. Build your subscriptions. So I could start offering content that only subscribers on Twitter have access to. Twitter's going to make a little bit of money. I assume they're going to take 30%. I'd have to take a look at the subscription terms. I'd get the rest. Maybe they split it 50-50. I assume they split it in the same way that the App Store does. They'll complain about the App Store, but they'll not take the money in the App Store. Maybe it's better. Maybe it's worse. They take a percentage. If I'm Tucker Carlson and I can't actually go about creating my own platform yet because I have to work out the buyout deal with Fox, the non-compete that I have. Isn't this a way to do it? Isn't this the way for everybody to do it? And if it's done in this way, I'm not worrying about advertisers because I have subscribers. So is the advertiser really impacted because Tucker is there? The Ayatollah's on Twitter. The advertiser hasn't said I'm not advertising on Twitter because the Ayatollah's here. 
So once again, Representative Ocasio-Cortez fails to understand the larger scope. She has gotten so bad at her social media game, it's embarrassing. And Tucker Carlson could easily have 20 million people very happily giving him $5 a month or whatever the case may be. That's real money for those of us playing the home game. Real, real, real money. But what is it that he said? What is it that Tucker announced? Well, he kind of announced that his show is coming back. But it's the way he announced it that was so very interesting. Listen to this. Hey, it's Tucker Carlson. You often hear people say the news is full of lies. But most of the time, that's not exactly right. Much of what you see on television or read the New York Times is, in fact, true in the literal sense. It could pass one of the media's own fact checks. Lawyers would be willing to sign off on it. In fact, they may have. But that doesn't make it true. It's not true. At the most basic level, the news you consume is a lie, a lie of the stealthiest and most insidious kind. Now, that's a statement. That is a statement that the news you consume is a lie. And I couldn't figure out at this stage of his two-minute and 54-second announcement, was that him about to vilify the news media with proof, or is this just a bit of marketing? He continues. Facts have been withheld on purpose, along with proportion and perspective. You are being manipulated. How does that work? Let's see. If I tell you that a man has been unjustly arrested for armed robbery, that is not, strictly speaking, a lie. He may have been framed. At this point, there's been no trial, so no one can really say. But if I don't mention the fact that the same man has been arrested for the same crime six times before, am I really informing you? No, I'm not. I'm misleading you. And that's what the news media are doing in every story that matters every day of the week, every week of the year. I think people would believe to an affirmative position that media misleads. I think that that is is true. I think that if Tucker has misled, can't the same thing be said about him? But maybe that part doesn't matter because the person who's not subscribing to Tucker isn't going to subscribe to Tucker anyway. Have I ever, in all my time in radio, misled anybody? Well, I think it's very obvious that there have been moments that there's been reporting. I've reported on it, and that reporting changed. Was that misleading? I think the question is, have I ever purposefully misled anybody? And the answer is no. Testify to that under oath. Never once, never ever have purposefully lied on air in order to move some kind of ratings opportunity. Never once. You'd have to go back and find it. I dare you to. Everything I discuss based on philosophy, based on my ideas or theories, based on the data as presented. Sometimes the data changes, that can change an opinion or a thought. But Tucker's engaged in a different conversation. They are lying to you, I am not. And he is saying, by extension, Fox is lying to you, I am not. What's it like to work in a system like that? After more than 30 years in the middle of it, we could tell you stories. The best you can hope for in the news business at this point is the freedom to tell the fullest truth that you can. But there are always limits. 
And you know that if you bump up against those limits often enough, you will be fired for it. That's not a guess. It's guaranteed. Every person who works in English language media understands that. The rule of what you can't say defines everything. It's filthy, really, and it's utterly corrupting. On this, Tucker and I have zero daylight. The idea that someone can say, you can't say this, you can't say that. The only thing I can consider worse would be the idea of compelled speech, which is, for example, you must use this pronoun or that pronoun, which is why I will never do it. Let the chips fall where they may. I will not be told I have to engage in any compulsory speech. But certainly when you are told, hey, you're not allowed to talk about that, that is coercive. That is despicable. As he described it, uh, ugly, obscene, all of those things. I wholeheartedly agree. This brings us back to the rumor mill of why Tucker Carlson was let go. The rumor was, was that 60 Minutes had just done this whole January 6th piece with Ray Epps, who absolutely should be tried for his role in January 6th and driving people to the Capitol and driving people to riot. He should absolutely be charged. Don't tell me that man is innocent. I won't buy it for a second. They try and engage this rehabilitation of Ray Epps. They go after Tucker Carlson. Oh, he's totally obsessed with me. Oh, he wants to ruin my life. The story goes that Tucker Carlson wants to respond on his show, Tucker Carlson Tonight on Fox News. A Fox producer said, you can't talk about this because they didn't want to talk anything about January 6th. And Tucker Carlson said, we're done here. And that was the end of that. That's the rumor. I tend to believe a lot of that based on the sources that it came from. Now, what's really true is only known by the parties in question, and I'm never going to be one of those parties. Being told you're not allowed to talk about subject X is a reason to walk. Was it the reason here? Maybe. Back to Tucker. You can't have a free society if people aren't allowed to say what they think is true. Speech is the fundamental prerequisite for democracy. That's why it's enshrined in the first of our constitutional amendments. Amazingly, as of tonight, there aren't many platforms left that allow free speech. The last big one remaining in the world, the only one, is Twitter, where we are now. So it's funny. You could not have said that two years ago. Two years ago, Twitter was not a place of free speech. It took Elon Musk wasting $40 billion to free the platform. It is an important reminder of how absolutely awful, and I mean awful, Jack Dorsey is. Twitter, uh, he's Stripe, right? Big Sky, which is his new uh, company, which will be a social media uh, uh, platform. He allowed this to happen. He allowed for this to take place. He allowed the platform to be destroyed, overrun by ideological zealots who did not believe that you and I should be allowed to speak. I think anybody who trusts Jack Dorsey is out of their mind. And if you want to trust your financial services with him, you feel free. And I say this knowing full well. Uh, And I'm always clear, I don't lie for nothing. 
My family's in the credit card processing business. He's competition. I say it as clear as day. Trust that guy? Good Lord. I didn't say it before the disaster of Twitter. I say it now. Look what he did to people on Twitter. Imagine how they engage silencing through financial services. And you see this all the time with credit card companies saying, or processors, we don't process this, so we won't process that. Oh, we question you. Look what they do with uh, GoFundMe and everything else. When they say, oh, you can't be out here, or you can't be out here, you can't raise money for that. Twitter is the freest conversation platform right now, which is why I've gone back. I more and more shun Facebook, although I'd love to figure out what the bloody heck is going on over there with my Facebook page, Tony Katz Radio. It's nuts. It has just become this ridiculous hot mess. But I'm there at Locals where I'm able to control my own destiny. Just go to TonyKatz.com. I have reengaged Twitter. Even Instagram, I mean, I haven't let go of it yet. But I'm just not as, as interested. I'm interested in the places I can talk. And if I'm a guy who's going to build a platform, Rumble, Locals, Twitter, aren't I done? Can't I, from all of that, find people who want to be a part of the conversations we're having, even outside of radio, and grow it and build it and be able to exchange uh, thoughts and ideas there? I say yes. Because Elon has allowed for that to happen, not by being a hero, but by being normal. And why wouldn't Tucker be in a place that he's already on, where he can share his thoughts and ideas. None of this could have happened if Elon didn't do the thing and spend $40 billion on something that was totally not worth it. But he did it, and we're all better off for it. Twitter has long served as the place where our national conversation incubates and develops. Twitter is not a partisan site. Everybody's allowed here, and we think that's a good thing. And yet, for the most part, the news that you see analyzed on Twitter comes from media organizations that are themselves thinly disguised propaganda outlets. You see it on cable news. You talk about it on Twitter. The result may feel like a debate, but actually the gatekeepers are still in charge. We think that's a bad system. We know exactly how it works, and we're sick of it. Starting soon, we'll be bringing a new version of the show we've been doing for the last six and a half years to Twitter. We bring some other things, too, which we'll tell you about. But for now, we're just grateful to be here. Free speech is the main right that you have. Without it, you have no others. See you soon. So that's that's the whole thing. That That's what he said. He will get the subscribers, millions of them, who will pay to watch his content. The specials maybe that he was working on will go there. Remember, as he we saw from one of those uh, leaked video clips, he wanted to put the stuff out on YouTube because it was easier to find than on News Nation. And if News Nation really does have that problem, that problem stinks. That problem does stink. Representative Ocasio-Cortez does not understand the audience that Tucker has. She's engaged in low-hanging fruit. Tucker is going to have millions of people because one of the things Tucker has been able to do is not comment on the national conversation, but cause it. So now, is he feeling he's on the platform that creates national conversations? He can cause national conversations. Maybe it makes it grow faster. Maybe it reaches even a bigger audience. People who normally wouldn't tune in to Fox. Maybe he sees the opportunity on the opportunity on the opportunity. That's what I think. But do I think that this is just step one? Absolutely, I do. 
Step one of multiple steps. I don't think this is the end final location for Tucker. It could be. I just don't think it is. I think it's going to be a more of a wait and see game. As for me, you already know that the minute Elon bought in, I came back. I won't have as many subscribers as Tucker, but damn it, I'm going to try. I'm Tony Katz. Joe Rogan has opened a comedy club in Texas. Not surprised that he would do it. The purpose is to give people a place to do comedy without all of the judgment. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. It's called the Comedy Mothership. Comedy Mothership. It is in Austin, Texas. uh, And it features comedians who aren't afraid of exploring subjects that others do not think should be funny. So this is the comedy club to say, hey, cancel culture, kiss off, right? So uh, that's that's the story there, that you have the need for a place for comics to be able to do their work. And the place for them to do their work should be comedy clubs. As a matter of fact, comedy store owners that don't remove those guests who are offended are doing the comics a, a massive disservice. The comics shouldn't even go. If it's a if it's a comedy club that won't get rid of the person who's like that's not funny you're making fun of this group and that's a marginalized group oh kiss off that should be the only answer then throw them out of the club and don't even give them a refund every club should be like that it takes uh, a comic who's untouchable to open it well then I'm glad it's being opened if I thought there was a place. Uh, For me in Indianapolis to open a comedy club, I'd do it, but I think we're covered. I haven't heard too many problems in Indianapolis, but I could be wrong. I uh, hope for uh, Joe Rogan's sake uh, this works and works wonders. All comedy clubs should be places where people are free to do comedy. This is Tony Katz today. Today.